Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, I'm talking today with Vinny Lucido, co-owner of Co-Auto in Reno, Nevada. Good morning, Vinny. Good morning, Tony. Thanks for joining the show. Your name came up when we were talking about our members who are going above and beyond to help their customers during the current coronavirus crisis. I know automotive repair facilities have been designated an essential service, so we're all able to stay open. But it's important that we do everything we can to make our customers comfortable. And from what I've seen on your website, Co-Auto has been doing that for quite some time. In fact, the name stands for Community Conscious Car Care, right? That's true. Yes, we've been community conscious in our, since, uh, since we opened. How long have you been in business? Six years in July. And you're in Reno, Nevada. And some of the programs that you've done, this is all before any of the crisis hit. You had a car giveaway program, right? Tell us a little bit about that. So the car giveaway program is for veterans. So of our service in our armies, we've partnered with a veterans resource center here in Nevada. They locate a veteran that's in need. They vet him and make sure that it's going to be a good fit. And then every year we give at least one car away to a local veteran. Wow, that's a great program. Uh, And you go even further than that. You have a high school internship program to get students in the shop, right? So you're helping to find the talent we need? Yeah, we sure do. And that's exactly for that is determine if these students want a career path in the automotive industry. And we've recently hired one of our interns for employment. Although recently we've had to lay them off due to this crisis, but we look forward to bringing them back. A lot of shops are challenged here, which is, again, part of the purpose for the podcast these days. We're trying to share as many good ideas as we can uh, to help people get through this. And we will get through this, I'm sure. Yes. Along those lines, you've been doing some community education already. Are you doing anything special during the crisis to uh, communicate with your customers? Yes, we've made some videos and such to kind of inform our clients what we're doing to maintain their safety as well as the safety of our staff. Uh, Also be doing some more photos and just to kind of lighten up the internet, you know, some, some photos and video that are a little more fun and entertaining just to lighten the load on the internet a little bit and let people know that we're still here serving the community. That's important. What are some of the things you're doing to help keep your customers safe? What are some specifics as far as what the shop is doing to deal with the virus? Specifically, now we've maintained the six-foot rule. So we've closed our waiting room temporarily for will waits. So we we have nobody waiting in there. But we have a six-foot baseline at that. If a client determines they want to come into the shop and not use our Dropbox, which is one of the options, the Dropbox is located outside the business. So clients can fill out an envelope, drop their key in there, and never even come inside. So we can be 100% contactless, although some clients choose to walk through the door. We've set up a barrier, in a sense, to make sure that we maintain that six-foot distance. And then we have our uh, disinfectant wipes sitting there on a chair so that a client can set their keys directly onto them. And now the rest of the communication can all be done electronically as we use uh, shopware management system and it 
enables us to use text messages for communication and as well as we can send our initial estimate to the client right there at the front desk and they can sign that before they even leave through their own personal device which is super helpful once we grab those keys we are disinfecting the keys in the key fob upon entry of the vehicle we have cleaned the door handles anything that a client might touch from the door handles to the steering wheel the shift lever, the blinkers, the light switches, anything that we're gonna touch that they may have touched, we disinfect it immediately with typically it's our bleach water solution. Now, if bleach is gonna be an issue with the client's particular cloth or vehicle, then we'll use the disinfectant wipes. We're also using floor mats and seat covers. I'm in the midst of trying to locate steering wheel covers, but right now they're basically out of uh, back order everywhere I've called. But we make sure to clean the steering wheel very well because that's the most germ-ridden place in a vehicle. Once we've done that, it's ready for our technician. The technician brings it in. We're always replacing our gloves, wearing new gloves with every service. And every time we get in and out of a vehicle, we've been instructed to replace our gloves. And, and these are new policies and procedures that we put in place and had the staff signed, so they're well aware of what they are. And we've had a meeting both yesterday and today, uh, Mondays and Tuesday mornings, we have meetings to ensure that we're all following these protocols. And those are meetings we've always had, but now they've kind of adapted to just making sure that we're following protocol. And once we repair the cars and that's completed, we do that same process on the outtake. So we've always done a quality control where we wash the windows, vacuum the floors, vacuum the seats, clean the dash, make it look fresh. Now we're including as well, cleaning the steering wheel and all the disinfectant steps that we take initially, we do again to then protect the client on their end. So when they pick up their vehicle, it's been disinfected as we exit the vehicle. Also using a pickup box. So a client can simply use the last four digits of their phone number. We'll, we have six boxes. We can leave their keys in one of those boxes, give them the number of the box and the code, and they simply come up to it and they can extract their keys that have been, once again, sanitized before they've been put in there. So they can be rest assured that when they get in their vehicle and drive away that there is no contamination from us. We have also offered the concierge service where we will come pick up your car and drop it off. Once again, doing all those protocols before and after we're done. How has your customer count been? Has business been down in your area or... Yes. So last week, we actually had great numbers. Phone was still ringing great. Looking into this week from last week, we could tell that our appointments were falling off. And even those appointments, some of those have canceled this week. You know, we're going on two weeks of people being without work. So now in, in my area, so now I can only imagine people are holding onto their money and being a little more stringent with where they spend it. So we, we have seen a drop. We've had a couple layoffs. So it's just trying to keep our skeleton crew busy. And we do have a lot of work in the shop right now, big jobs, which is nice because it's just one vehicle we can work on. But honestly, if we can't get some more cars in, we're going to be struggling next week. You mentioned the big jobs. I imagine this is a good time to catch up on that with the car count being down. Yes, absolutely. And thankfully, there are a lot of clients out there. I mean, we have four or five 
you know, $2,000 jobs in the shop right now. And then even some larger ones with motors and such. So I know there's still people that have plenty of money, you know, and can ride this out without that financial concern. But a lot of those that are living day to day or paycheck to paycheck, they're going to have to kind of mine their means and pay attention to where their money is going. What sort of community is the shop located in? Is it more of a middle class, suburban? What's the client base like? So my client base is middle to upper class. Where I'm located is not necessarily that demographic. We are located in an artistic district. We simply feed from a lot of the outside communities. And being that they're middle upper class, a lot of them, like I mentioned, might have some extra funds for working on their vehicle where they are not concerned about it. So we're going to be reaching out and calling all of our existing clients not to sell them anything. We're not calling them to let them know that we have an estimate on file or anything of that nature. It's simply calling and asking clients what we can do to help and letting them know that we're there to help and we're capable to help. How's that been received by some of your client base? Have you gotten some work coming from those types of calls? Well, I'll be honest, today is the day we're doing those calls. One of my service advisors, we're on the fence of whether we should maybe give him his paid vacation this week, or better yet, what we've decided to do is have him make those calls to keep him employed. So we're going to find out today how that's been received. I certainly have listened to a lot of podcasts recently, and other shop owners, of course, have done that. And and they've received a lot of gratitude, but not a lot of cars coming in, because despite how much you're willing and capable to help, people are holding on to their to their money at the moment. I imagine we will get some more vehicles in the shop because of it, though. Well, that's certainly understandable in light of what we're facing at this point. Are you aware, I'm sure you are, of the governmental stimulus program that is having Small Business Association make loans available to small businesses like yourselves in order to keep employees on the payroll. Do you have any plans of taking advantage of something like that? Yeah, I absolutely am aware of it. And I spoke with my business partner, who's my brother, and we discussed that opportunity. We have a $40,000 line of credit we could lean on if we need to. And we have another $100,000 line of credit simply because we were proactive in our business before any of this even came about getting credit approved when we didn't need it. Now, the SBA, I know it's a process to get through, but their interest rates are quite a bit lower. So that was my initial interest with the SBA is, is to get a lower interest. You had mentioned you're in an art community, and one of the things I know your shop is well known for is you, you actually have an art exhibit in the in the business. Is that still true? Yes. My waiting room is an art gallery, and it always has been. So we rotate out local artwork, taking in local artists. Uh, we don't take any commissions from the sales. It's simply to give exposure to our local artists. It also brings in a lot of clientele that just come in to check out the art and find out we're also an auto shop. And Next thing you know, they're getting their car fixed with us. So That's a great idea. You met your business partner. I believe your uh, your brother's name is, is he go by Anthony or Tony? Anthony. So you and Anthony, actually, I believe we're, we're featured on the cover of one of our Auto Inc. magazines a while back, right? Yes, we were on the cover of Auto Inc. The employees, how many do you employ right now? Eight. Eight. And you have... Had You said you had to let your intern go or your new, new hire go, I guess. Do you still have all eight working at this point in time? Well, we, we have the intern that we've laid off as well as our bookkeeper. She's an in-house bookkeeper. 
And initially, Anthony's wife was taking care of all the bookkeeping. She's a stay-at-home mom and fully capable of doing that. But trying to work on the business and, and not in it, we have hired a bookkeeper and we've laid her off as well so that the books are back in-house. Mm. Because that's, you know, the people making you money in your shop are the technicians. So they'll, they'll be the last ones to be laid off in this event. And if we have to, it's going to be my brother and I back in there hustling just to keep you know, the business going because we really don't know from day to day what's going to happen. It's almost an hour by hour kind of a process of, of what the next step's going to be. That's what we're finding as well. In fact, things are changing so quickly. Uh, the other day we were in a meeting and our Washington representative was actually monitoring another conference call waiting for another meeting to start to find out what was going on legislatively. Yeah. What's your local government's reaction been? Have they closed down non-essential businesses in Reno? Yes. And that's the biggest hit to us is the non-essential businesses that have closed. That's a lot of people that are not driving their vehicles and not breaking down and not in need of any mileage or maintenance. Yeah. It's, it's been, Oh, just over a week now. And it's, it's tough. Mm -hmm. And you had said you were, as soon as next week, you're going to have to start making some decisions if the uh, if the work drops off to that point. Are any other shops in your area experiencing worse conditions than you are that you're aware of? Yes. Speaking with another shop owner who has two shops, he was speaking this week about shutting one of them down and funneling everything to his second shop. Early this week, yesterday, he, he mentioned to me that He's got enough appointments to keep them both kind of open, but falling along those lines. Now, there's a lot of little shops. I'm in cahoots with all the guys that are doing good business and practicing training and education and forward growth where there's a lot of little shops here that I don't know that I can only imagine are struggling worse than we are right now. Going forward, the contingency plan obviously is to is to ride this as best you can. You're obviously doing some marketing to your customer base, offering the pickup and delivery. Any other ideas that you're using to keep in communication with your customers during this time? For those that do have the means, maybe you know this would be a good time for them to take care of some of those, say, deferred repairs, that sort of thing, because they're not using the vehicle. Has that borne any fruit for you? What sorts of marketing uh, are you doing? Uh, you had mentioned you're, you're doing a, an outreach to them, but it isn't really a sell piece. Are you doing anything else? Yes, I am utilizing our, it's my shop manager. They have text, emails, communication, as well as direct mail. I haven't sent any direct mail yet, but I have sent out both text blast and email blast. Text, I don't try to sell. I simply inform, but letting them know that we're open and capable of helping. But with the email blast, it's going out to clients that have maybe deferred work or, or some work that they've declined in the past and just really ramping that up, sending out as much information as I can, but also knowing that people are inundated with text right now. I have texts from companies I haven't seen for years just because they're warning you or informing you about what they're doing. So to me right now, a phone call with a voice on the other end is probably the best route to contact our clients that may potentially come in for service because they want to, you know, they want to hear your voice. They want to hear that you're helping out. So uh, besides my shop manager, we're also utilizing local businesses 
In fact, this whole week, we've told our crew if they stay in for lunch, that we will buy lunch for them from a local restaurant. With that, I, I know many restaurant owners here, one of them by the name of Grateful Gardens. It's really struggling. They have six locations now. They are doing to-go orders. The owner will bring you you know, your order to your home or business. There's companies like that that are really going above and beyond and trying to figure out ways to keep their their income coming in. And since we have a little bit of extra at the moment, we want to support those local businesses and through that buy lunch for the whole crew. And with that, I will, on the other end, use that on my social media to show my staff eating lunch at a local restaurant, showing us supporting local business. With that, I feel others will maybe come support us. Now, I, that's not a guarantee, but it's just something that's going to sit with people that, you know, Coato is out helping out other businesses. If they can, maybe they can help us out. You're leading by example, and that's a great example to set. Have you had any trouble with any kind of parts supply? Just recently, we've had a two or three local dealerships that are shutting down. And we're a shop that uses OEM parts. So as much as we can, we're attempting to use original equipment manufacturer, and now they're closing. And that's another thing when we call and ask our clients what we can do to help and let them know that we're here and capable to help them, letting them know that right now we're capable and we don't know how long that may last. And it's not to put fear into them, but it's simply the truth that we don't know what our supply chain is going to look like next week. And if we can get your car fixed this week and you can afford that, maybe we should. Hmm. That's another thing we'll be mentioning as we're calling our clients this week and letting them know that we're here. Uh, it might be the time to take action because it's true. We don't know what's happening with China parts. We don't know what's happening with our local dealerships if two of them have already closed. What's next? Well, Vinny, I commend you for doing what you're doing. Again, Co-Auto has been very community conscious. Um, I mean, heck, you've even got a carbon footprint program from what I've seen on your website. So you, you've definitely been thinking the big picture as far as your community involvement goes, and it sounds like you're doing that as well. Any final words or advice you have for shops? I know you want to get back to work. What advice can you offer those out there who are kind of in the same position and, and not knowing quite what to do next? Well, we can always come back to our breath. So the next thing we do is take another breath. And, you know, now's a good time to sit with yourself and maybe take some time to meditate as we're always looking outwards, always reaching out for what's happening on the outside of us. Maybe now's the time to reconsider what you're doing and really take some time for yourself and look inwards a little bit. Good advice. Vinny, I want to thank you for your time today. We've been speaking with Vinny Lacido from Co-Auto in Reno, Nevada. Vinny, again, thanks a bunch and good luck out there. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.